As we start, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, would you open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Barnabas is a well-known character. You might say he might be a favorite character of some people in the New Testament. And he's known for being an encourager. As we start, I'll just bring to our attention what happens when people aren't encouraged. Our writer writes, it was my very first day at Bible College. The opening words of our new Old Testament professor hit us in the face like a bucket of icy water. Welcome to your first day as students here. Ten years from now, more than half of you will no longer be following Jesus Christ. God relies faithfully. Quite a shock. Unfortunately, in the matter's view, he was proven right. How many of those people would have stayed if they'd been encouraged? A minister in Northern Ireland wrote a wonderful book called Encouragement, Oxygen for the Soul. And in there is a poem which really sums up the need for encouragement. If with pleasure you are viewing any work a man is doing, if you like him or you love him, tell him now. Don't withhold your approbation till the parson makes oration and he lies with snow white lilies on his brow. For no matter how you shout it, he won't really care about it. He won't know how many teardrops you have shed. If you think some praise is due him, now's the time to slip it to him, for he can't own his tombstone when he's dead. More than fame and more than money is a comet kind and sunny, and a hearty warm approval of a friend. For he gives to life a savour, it makes you stronger, braver, and he gives you heart and spirit to the end. If he earns your praise, bestow it. If you like him, let him know it. Let the words of true encouragement be said. Do not wait till life is over and he's underneath the clover, for he can't own his tombstone when he's dead. The context of our story about Barnabas is obviously he was a Cypriot from a Levite, which for the purpose of this passage meant that he could not hold land in Israel, but he could hold land outside of it. Because of his background, he had a wider understanding of the Gentile world than the first leaders of the church. His name, being Sadder Encouragement, summed up his character, which I will touch on later. As regards our daily living, being human in a God-shaped world, which we've been asked to think about this holiday, we need to ask ourselves, what does encouragement do for you? Maybe cheer you up, maybe, motivate, give you courage, build up self-esteem, helps you believe in myself, maybe, and keeps me on the right track with God. Now, if it does this for me, how much more could encouragement do to others if we encourage them? It takes just a word, an email, text, or time to understand and listen to others for them to be affected. Why don't we start today as others home? Secondly, character of Barnabas. Well, we had a lot from our passages about the sort of man he was. 
He was generous. He told his field and gave it to the apostles. He supported, he was joyful at seeing God at work. He was supporting new believers. He was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. He was also trustworthy. He was also a strategist. He saw that Paul was God's man for the task of mission. So he went, in my version, to hunt for Paul, which means not just a cursory glance, he made an effort to hunt for Paul. And the question is this, who could we encourage to take up a ministry for God's kingdom? And they will need encouragement. The results of Barnabas' character and work at Anchok was there, but it was fruitful. Fruitful in his work, and the beliefs were so distinctive, they were called Christians, which means a number of things, little wanted ones, Christ's people or Christ ones, because they all had, what they had in common was Jesus Christ. All they had in common was Jesus Christ. What a word for every church. And then of course, a third section of this is that there was a contention between Paul and Barnabas. It's about a Barnabas life that people can find quite hard to understand. Lest that might be positive. Whatever the rights and wrongs of the situation, Two missionary teams were created instead of one. Their background to this was that John Mark's departure from a first missionary journey. There could have been a number of reasons for the difference of opinion over Mark. It could be over the change of leadership with Paul taking over in Barnabas, with John Mark's cousin. Fear of the future, of illness in John Mark or Paul, or simply homesickness for Jerusalem. We just don't know. Whatever the cause, so Barnabas saw that Mark needed patience and time to learn from his mistakes. God is patient with us in our mistakes, so should we be to others. Encouragement can change a person's life. I had a, my father, before he went to a nursing home, happened to hear a recording, which the Christchurch choir made, of a piece of it. And he, if you broke down in tears, said, my son wrote this. And I remember so well, because he said it gave me very little verbal encouragement while he was alive. But I remember that. And of course, another factor in encouragement, due to Barnabas' patience, a lot of the New Testament was written, which otherwise might not have been written. He encouraged Paul, I have all the Paul letters, and Mark, I have Mark's gospel. So you could say without Mark's and Barnabas' encouragement, a sizable chunk of the New Testament might not have been written. That's how important encouragement can be. And of course, there was a reconciliation between Mark and Paul. I wanted to say, give Mark a hearty welcome. And in the he says, bring Mark because he's useful to me in the ministry. So something went along the way to reconcile them. A lot of what we need to think about is a personal application in various areas of our lives. Generally, in a God-shaped world, we'll expect us to take encouragement seriously because the opposite of encouragement is criticism. Beware a critical spirit. Are we prepared to encourage others we meet this week, particularly if we see their mistakes? That can be hard. Encouragers are quietly influential people word quip for short, quietly influential people, and we can all be that. Encouragement is a gift given to everybody.
in counterfeit is being partly being equipped as a sharers of the good news. However, if we're looking for the limelight, we probably won't be encouraged. Because others encourage us thinking about other people. Other people. Would encouraging another person cause you to stand up the way Barnabas did? As an illustration, as a story which a writer says about a dinner party he went to. Things went downhill very quickly. The hostess began to pour out a listening of gossip about a very close, trusted friend of mine. He's the kind of chap that people seem either to love or hate. Now, I was a major quandary. I was their guest and had been on the end of some wonderful hospitality. So what should I do? Should I summons with a vent that I was guilty of a quiet betrayal to speak up the perpetual wreck of the evening? I decided to open my mouth and prayed hard as I did. Excuse me, he said, but the man you're talking about is a friend of mine. I happen to know those rumours that you mentioned are completely untrue. I believe my friends deserve my loyalty. Hopefully the hostess had flushed with some embarrassment, thanked me for my words, and apologised for any offence, and the evening ended well. Would we send up for our friends to encourage them? It's important. Do we believe the best of somebody when we meet them? Encouragement is part of the risk, risk of discipleship. And in fact, it does not mean that we seek to order other people's lives as we would like to be. We are God's workmanship, and there's no better workman. Do we rejoice when we see evidence of God at work? I hope we do. Someone 22 years ago had an accident with my hand, some of you will remember it. And I was a great encouragement because for the whole eight weeks when I had verse teaching obligations, I was always able to be there because somebody and the congregation drove me in their car. Often some, some distances. People put them in their microwave. They even had a rotor so I could do my, do my buttons and then do my shoelaces, which I couldn't do at the time. And when I get, had a party to thank people, there were 73 people in that hall who had helped me. That's the body of Christ coming together. I'm the final thing that I found was most amazing was that the Baptist minister at the time came to visit Christ Church, and I'll ask the child to introduce me to him, and he said, when that happened, I knew my church wasn't praying enough. That still shakes me. That was an encouragement to know it had that effect. In our relationships, an encouragement includes forgiveness, not I will get even with my friends. It also includes a give and take in a friendship and seeing a bigger purpose in our friendship than we see at the moment. Such friendships could change the world. Encouragement has no room for jealousy. It can help us to craft words that bless and inspire. And as James says, everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to take offense. What a difference to the world today. In the ever offense. A spirit of encouragement will stop us writing off people who disagree with us or who choose a different path from us. An encouragement will ensure that we treat others with respect, which is very much needed. In ministry, we can be strong on faith but short on compassion. 
That's what somebody said Paul happened to Paul. This is opposite of encouragement, of course. But encouragement, properly used, can also preempt problems, which cause misunderstanding. Encouragement also allows people to be whom God wants them to be. Furthermore, encouragement can help us to be humble when we're right and able to be corrected when we're wrong, which we all need. And coming close to ourselves, when we're facing difficulties or fed up with being persecuted for our faith, that is when we need encouragement. Partially, encouragement may indeed close the back door of the church and stop people leaving. Tell people that you're praying for them and do it. That's a great encouragement. I'm sure we've all felt that. But encouragement is not always a soft word. Remember David and Nathan? I said to Nathan, said David, you are the man. That wasn't soft. That was very hard, very firm. I don't know how many of you know about the bio-tapestry, but there's a section of it where it says, Duke William is encouraging his troops. And you know what he's doing? A sword in the back saying, keep going. It's not necessarily a softy word. It's strong. Encouragement includes having people when they're doing right and confronting them when necessary. Maybe we're encouraging when we're younger. So that calls for us to be encouraged to encourage. Let's start where we're at. Above all, the encourager brings hope. It's a big word today. Hope. A question for you. In the parable of the prodigal son, who was the more encouraged, the father or the younger son? It's a good point to debate that. The story is told of a lady who's in need of great support. And he's talking to somebody, and this person said, I suppose your friends have all had plenty of advice for you, I asked gently. Of course, she replied. They all tell me to telephone if necessary, if I've been lonely. I do, and one by one, they all tell me they must hurry because they have a cake in the oven. What's our cake in the oven? Will we encourage today? 